Yeah, so basically today um, I'm going to speak about how to trust God uh, in the storm. And really, I would say it's been a little while now. I've been puzzled by this single question. What does it really mean to trust God? And we often quote the verse, and I think Jamie just quoted it, Proverbs 3, verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. I actually uh, preach on these wonderful, wonderful promises in the fall of 2018, but frankly, I kept wrestling with this topic and God really has been pouring down my heart a couple of things. Now, Let's be honest. We all love this verse very much until we hit a storm and we have no idea when the storm will be stopping. Isn't it correct? When the storm hits and we have no idea when it will stop, we're like, hey God, I'm trusting you there. I'm following you. Where is my straight path? Where is it? And I haven't signed on for this. Are you, are you with me? Hmm? So really, this called a little bit for a reality check. When we do not know when the stop is stopping, our faith is challenged to another level. You see, in life, we can have many troubles, but some troubles, we know they are for a set period. They are for a little time. So for example, um, childbirth, it's horrendous, but you know at one point it will stop and you will have a baby hopefully at the end and it will stop. Uh, your car broke down. You know that at one point this will be fixed. You get a cold, you know at one point you're going to get better. So in the midst, we pray for strength, but basically it is possible to hang in there because we know we're going to get better. We know things are going to sort themselves out. You see, I started to wonder if my hope sometimes is more based on the belief, the belief that things will improve by themselves. I wonder if sometimes my hope is more based on my own capacity to go through it and solve the issues myself. What happens to my hope? What happens to my trust in God when I do not know when the storm will stop? What happened to my hope and my trust in God when the path doesn't look straight? And it doesn't look like it's improving. What happened to my hope when I know I cannot control the situation? Okay, I'm going to tell you honestly what happens to me at first when that happens. And you know, sometimes it could be a couple of minutes. Sometimes it could be days. But sometimes I have to be honest. It could be months. And frankly... It looks like I'm in very good company because in the Bible, if you read Job, if you read the Psalm, if you read Proverb, it's full of people and men and women of faith who have been through this situation. 
So basically, what happened in the storm that doesn't look like it's going to stop? Where basically, when I hit a storm and I can't see any solution, I go down what I call the rabbit hole of confusion, wondering and questioning, wondering why has this happened, questioning whether God is really good to me. There is an on-the-surface frustration, an anger at God, a cry, a shout, it's not fair. What have I done to deserve this? And do you know how that sounds like? That sounds a lot like entitlement. I basically, in those moments, I believe the lie that God owes me something. I am feeling that because basically, I submitted my way. I did the right thing. And I think he owes me a straight path right now. And here comes disappointment. Here come hopelessness and self-pity and fear. You see, some of us in difficult situation, we might have started believing right and find ourselves thinking, come on, by now, this situation should have budged. And we start to go down the rabbit hole. Others will go down the rabbit hole of blame and regret. Uh, we kind of look back on the past and we say, ah, oh, if only I had made better choices. If only I had not done that. And we examine ourselves for even things we cannot change now. And we let hopelessness grip our heart. And we start to doubt if God is good for us, if I do deserve his favor. I believe we all hit those questions where our confidence in God, his character, his willingness, and his power to act for our good is tested. Not, it's not God's character which is tested. It's our faith, our confidence in his character which is tested. And the part of this verse that says, trust with all your heart, lean not on your understanding. So what do we do when we are in the midst of a, such a testing of our faith? What we do is we partner with God in getting out of despair, self-pity, confusion, blame, disappointment, regret, discouragement. We partner with God in it. And this is what I personally learned. First, and it is in the, in the verse, the first thing to do is to be authentic. If you want to learn to trust God with all your heart, you have to be able to share your heart with God. There is a pouring out of at God's feet that needs to happen. You know, uh, we do what David it. In the psalm, we start to be authentic. We bring our feelings to God. When we think it's not fair, we tell him. When we think it's disappointing, we tell him. We write it down. We keep at it. It could be a process that lasts for months, but we keep at it coming to God and don't let anything between our heart and God. We don't, we just share it. We go for it. Do you know what? It could be a, quite a painful process you can be tempted in those times to run for numbing 
for doing something that would uh, take away a little bit of your pain. Do you know, myself, it's a little bit easier to go and watch a couple of shows on Netflix or have a glass of wine and not think about the issues. But I'm telling you, there's no trust in God until there is a pouring out of, our, of your heart and a digging out of what, what do I feel? What I do really feel right now. Then the second thing is there's a renouncing your, our own understanding. We've got to give up our right to understand the situation. We've got to stop questioning God in that moment. That's what it means to not lean on our understanding. There is a moment where we accept we don't have any control. There is a mystery we don't know. We've got to lay down the what if, what if, and come to God. Um, uh, there is a passage in, in, in James, James 1, who says, you know, the same passage who says, tr uh, consider trials and troubles as pure joy because our testing will produce perseverance and our perseverance will work at our, our completing our, our maturity in Christ. In that same passage, it says, uh, ask for wisdom if you like some. And do not be double-minded about it. Ask believing that God will provide wisdom for you. So we keep renouncing our own understanding. It doesn't mean leave your brain at the door. It, is, it means genuinely count on God's wisdom more than your own wisdom. Don't try solving the thing your own way. Accept that you cannot control the storm. Give up trying to control the storm by your own effort, but lean on God. So that brings on to the third point. Keep asking for wisdom. Keep asking for wisdom and lean on his understanding. Don't forge your head with your bright ideas. Ask for Holy Spirit moment. Add for confirmation, uh, add for, uh, ask for word from the word of God. Ask for words of encouragement from brothers and sisters. But do not act out of fear, but be in incurred in God's love. Trusting, trusting in God. And finally, sometimes we go for normal trials. But sometimes it is true that we are under specific attacks and we have to be aware of the schemes of the enemy. There is a real battles, not with people, but with the scheme of the enemy who wants to rob you from your joy and your peace. It is why Ephesians 6 says, stand firm, stand your ground and pray. And it describes about putting on the full armor of God and stand firm. Now, I cannot go into the detail of this whole chapter. But, you know, I do not believe that the full armor of God passage is about adopting a ritual through putting up some elements of the armor. Actually, what it means, it's a picture of using every single weapon God has given us to stand firm, to be strengthened 
in our faith to come to believe this passage is about believing use the the weapon that god has given you to stand firm stand your ground and believe so what you do is you believe the truth the belt of truth you believe all the benefits that comes with the salvation helmet of salvation you believe the word of god you use the word of god you have faith your 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 you know you have a shield which is faith in his promises and you stand your ground knowing that god is for you is with you you know, we often think as faith, as doing exploit, like big exploit for God. But Graham Cook says that trusting God is 80% of faith. Trusting God is faith, is the, the core of faith. I'm telling you, we don't have a strong faith if we are not able to trust God through the storm. We are not mature if we are not able to trust God through the kind of storm when we have no control over. The kind of storm we, we do not know when things will stop. Maturity and faith is to be able to trust him through the storm. We found out how much we trust God when we are able to stand on his promises in the midst of those storms. Graham Cook says as well, you know, promises test the quality of our trust in God. So in the storm, when we are able to trust in his promises, that's the real test here of our faith. So that's the last thing we do. We trust his promises by reminding ourselves of, of, of them, by meditating them, by aligning our minds with his thought, by feeding ourselves on the word of God, by meditating those things, by coming to him with all our hearts and leaning on him, on his word. Now, I'm going to finish by something I wrote, which express, you know, uh, and summarize this. When I face difficulties, I have a choice to make. Let despair and fear come in or trust God. It is becoming more and more obvious to me that faith is the best decision for my well-being and the people that surrounds me. Not only faith is a rational choice, humanly speaking, but it is the only possible choice. My heart knows that running into the arms of a good, loving father and a whole powerful God will not be without effect. So I lean, I learn to lean on him, and I draw from his testified faithfulness and unfailing love. I stand on his promises, knowing that he's able. I rely upon him, his grace, his wisdom, believing for changes and breakthrough, beloving him and honoring him the same in the midst 
of trouble. I think that's a really important point. I'm learning to love him for who he is and not just what he has done or what he's doing for me.